This is Culture Communication and Brand Moments with Shelby Joe Long, the show that takes you around the world to share interviews with some of the most successful and relevant people on the planet, hear their stories, and get the most important business lessons they have learned on their road to success, and get exclusive advice on how to implement their success into your life and business. Culture, Communication, and Brand Moments is brought to you by the Strategic Advisor Board and your host, Shelby Joe Long. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Genius Entrepreneur Podcast. I'm Shelby Joe Long, your host. I bring stories of genius entrepreneurs to you, audience, to be able to inspire you to think about your genius in a different way. How could you enter it into the marketplace? How could you Create a business out of your passion so you can live your genius every day and help influence others. That's what these stories are about. And today is no exception. Today, my colleague and friend that I've met through business networking group, Galena, is going to tell us about her business, Turning Points, how she transformed her genius into an income stream. So Galena, welcome to the interview today. I'm glad that you could join us. I'm so happy to be here, Shelby. Thank you for having me. We've had the opportunity to interact quite a few times, and I look forward to more interactions in the future. But why don't you give our audience a quick overview about your business? So my business, my business is called Turning Point, and I provide coaching, consulting, training services to individuals and companies. And I named it Turning Point because everything I do, whether it's with people or with individuals, is I help them create that moment of change and going from something that no longer works for them to create the something next that does. And I work with individuals in the areas of personal life. So I help them usually in three areas, either creating inner harmony, so dealing with stress, overcoming traumas, finding the keys to their fulfillment and living their purpose, I help them create harmony in their relationships through improving their communications, through really becoming more self-aware and communicating in a healthier way and understanding the relationship dynamics depending on the context of relationships. And I also help people create goals with ease and flow because we all know how to work hard and just grind, grind, grind. And I believe there's another way. And that's what I implement in my life and I help other people do in theirs. And since I also had lots and lots of background in corporate. And I worked in corporate, then I retired from corporate, then I came back to corporate. So now I'm actually blending the work of leadership and inner development and the readiness to change to support companies with change. So I help teams become more coherent, more collaborative. I help them overcome stress and burnout together. Uh, I help companies prepare their people for the change initiatives, for big pivots in the market, and support people so they can go through change with the least amount of stress and the least amount of friction to produce the business change and direction that business requires. So that's a little bit about me. Yeah, that's, uh, I mean, you work in many different spaces, but there, but the space, it all has the same basic principle. And it's interesting, just I'm a communication professor, as our l- listeners know, and that's, uh, that's the lens that I approach a lot of my own business consulting with. But it's just it just what you talk about reminds me of just like this basic concept I talk about in small group communication that you have the task side to your relationship, so the goals that you need to accomplish, and then the relationship side and the social side, and those two are at a very fine balance 
because if you have too much of your task, then your relationship tends to suffer. And having that balance is really key to be able to have that harmony in organizational culture, but even personally in your own lives. Do you, do you see that that is a consistent theme in the work that you do? Oh, absolutely. Because like one side of me, the, the corporate story of mine is I've been a project manager for, I don't know, 15 years now. So I very much am familiar with processes and organization and making things run smoothly. But yeah, without people and people connecting with each other in the process of that collaboration, no matter what kind of process you build, if people don't adopt it, it's not going to work. So it has to be that balance. And it's, yeah, it's really a fine balance. I love how you said it. You got to it's a, it is a balance and you have to work hard to do that. And that's really key. So talk to me about this. You said you were in corporate and then you got out and now, now you're kind of getting back into it. Talk to me about the inspiration that you had to leave corporate and start something that, you know, cause you're a project manager and moving to toward more of a business culture type of thing. So, which are not mutually exclusive, but they're, what was that inspiration to kind of step away? Well, my biggest inspiration for that part of my journey was the book by Tim Ferriss for our work week. And yeah, it's a great book. That, yeah, I read that book and I saw, oh, there is another possibility of life other than being in the office every day. And there is a big part of me that freedom is one of my core values. So I read that book. It's like, oh, that's way more me than me sitting in a cubicle. So Absolutely. It was a few iterations of creating that, but eventually I created passive income through investments that allowed me to step away from my job and not work for some time. And that 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 was it. I just really wanted to spend my time doing what I want. I wanted to travel the world. I want to spend more time on my purpose and just really discovering, uncovering, and developing it. Um, so in parallel with my tech career, I've been into coaching and personal development probably almost as long. And at yeah. some point it was a side hobby and then it turned into a side business. And then at some point income was taken care of by investments so that I could dedicate all my time and space to diving deeper in the exploration of me and what I want and also helping people, other, other people do that as well. It's funny when we, when we take the time and kind of think, sometimes we get so bogged down and, and you've heard a little bit about my story too, that we get bogged down in our industry. And then we think about, about moving up in the industry. And we, then we think about all of the things that we have to do for that. And then we don't really think of a world outside of that, but our, our genius and what we think about gets kind of trapped in there and almost in, you're almost in a silo and then you're moving up, but you're not becoming more fulfilled. Yeah. So stepping outside of that silo is something that helps that and then, then the money just flows from there, right? Yeah, for me, it was it takes very some work, but Yeah, the money flows sometimes in different speeds in different ways. But yeah, yeah. for me, looking back, I have, I mean, I'm from Russia. I moved here in 2006 to the United States. And it was a lot of nice twists and turns to that journey. And when I came here and I set some goals and I achieved the goals and I set some more and I achieved some more and I noticed that my life fulfillment and my life happiness didn't change much. And then when I asked myself, like, what I want, what's my next goal? Like something that would actually inspire me, that would pull me forward. That's not just about another house or another car or another position. 
And for a year, I couldn't find an answer. I read all the books. I talked to all the people. I like, I did all sorts of things by myself. And for a year, I couldn't find an answer. And I started feeling like close to being depressed. I was like, what's the meaning to it all? Why am I here? This is kind of boring. Like, I'm okay. Like same, more of the same, like I need some change, but I don't know what I want. And then a friend of mine introduced me to transformational training that she went to in California. And I was living in Seattle at the time. So I flew there and, and that's where I got to discover the inner world and how all these thoughts and feelings impact our life and where fulfillment lies and where it's coming from. And when I came back there to volunteer as a small group leader, because it changed my life so much, when I was coaching other people in that group setting, in the transformational setting, I realized I've never felt as much fulfilled as I did then my whole life. And that's when I knew that something around transformation will have to be part of my life. That's where my my uh, fulfillment comes. That's where my passion lies. And that's when shortly after I heard about, oh, there is a profession called life coach and you can get educated and you can help people with this and get paid. I'm like, hmm, that's amazing. I'll do that. So that's, that's how I started on the transformational journey in parallel of being in, in, in technology. And my, my interesting awareness came shortly after when I looked at all of it and I realized that it actually is all the same. And like, I was like, how is it like, you know, we were asking that question, project manager, transformation, culture, like different, same. But what I realized where my passion lies is in effective support for people and companies to get where they want. What does that mean? What is coaching? Coaching is you find, you know, a client in a certain part in their life. They're like point A, right? And they're like, oh, I want this point B. I want this money. I want this purpose. I want this relationship, whatever that is. And then as a coach, you help them discover the path to get there. And then you support them to walk that path so they achieve the result. Before being project manager, I was a system analyst and a business analyst. And in the software development world, that's the person that for custom software, my job was to go to the customers, extract all their requirements out of their heads, put it in the documentation so that the developers could write the code. And what was the job of an analyst? Same thing. Going to talk to customers, where is software now? What features do they want? What's the most efficient, best, smooth way to get there? And then you chart the path and then you hand it off. What's a project manager? Same stuff. You start a project, that's point A. You need to finish the project, that point B. You get the plan, you get the resources, you put things in order. You don't actually do the work because the team does the work. And, and then they get there. So all my things that I've ever done, well, maybe except dancing, that's a separate story, but all of these professional things, they had all this trade in common. Like I just love to get people from point A to point B uh, to the point B that's meaningful to them in the most efficient, painless, smooth way possible, whether it's organization or personal relationships, it kind of doesn't matter. It's the same process to me on the high level, of course. Yeah. Well, it's, that's your genius. That's your, you find those similarities in those projects and then it's enhanced by that, you know, looking internally and finding that fulfillment. And then you're just putting that into another place. The principles yeah. are the same. Yeah. They're, they're not the same, but they're, they're, they're different when they're applied, but the whole principles about it and how you approach things, that's your, that's how you know, putting all that information together and discovering the core needs and putting together plans to solve that core needs or to get you to those goals. That's, 
that's uh, that's your gift. And that's what you bring to other people. Now you're just doing it in a place that is, that's, that's the most fulfilling venture for you. So I think it's really inspiring. The other thing I, I don't want to walk too far away from, but um, about the book, the Tim Ferriss book, the four hour work week. And I think that uh, at least from what I hear has been an inspiration for many entrepreneurs and it might have even, and I listen to Tim Ferriss all the time on, on, I listen to his podcast too, but even just thinking about, we talk about like the great resignation that happened after COVID and is still happening. And, and for people to think about how do I value my time? Where do I want to spend my time? How can I do things that are more fulfilling? And the great resignation might not have been about COVID. It might have been more about people coming to that realization that, hey, I should do more. I want to do things that are more fulfilling. And so I think that, I think that started the conversation about that. So. Yeah, I I could see that how like, it's really a shift in people's value system. Because I think when when people go through shock of some sort, they kind of look at their life and and ask themselves a question, like, is all there is? Like, what is meaningful? Like if I die tomorrow, what happens? And then that really highlights to people their core values. And then knowing what they are, they cannot unknow them anymore. And now changes have to happen. <laughs> yep, absolutely. Absolutely. So Galena, what has been, what has been the, I guess the biggest lesson that you've learned in this journey of entrepreneurship? Is there one or two things that stick out that, that it was a challenge and you overcame it and how your genius helped you get past those things? Do you, Anything stand out to you? Well, what? There's so many. How do I nail it to one? (laughs) Entrepreneurship journey is just. Yeah, I I think there's like two two parts of the skill of the entrepreneur that like if anybody to survive the entrepreneurial journey and actually create something. And uh, I feel like there's two skills. They both have to do with adaptability. And. Mm -hmm. One skill is being able to adapt so you can create what you want, like consciously create, like set set a goal, achieve it, like start a vision and, and go after it. So proactively bringing forth the creation through your actions into this world. And then the second part is how to deal with challenges when things don't go your way. When, when you lose funding or when COVID happens and you have a bring and mortar business, like things like that. Uh, when the disruption comes your way, how resilient are you? Like, can you pivot? Can you adapt to what happened? Because you cannot necessarily change that external circumstance. And those are the two facets of adaptability. I mean, there's 15 sub dimensions to adaptability. That's one of the topics that I also uh, teach and mentor on. But those two kind of main categories, I think those are the skills that I defined, refined, and, and up-leveled through my entrepreneurial journey. Like when I started, I was very thin-skinned. You know, I would have one sales conversation and I would feel shy. And I was like, that's it. I'm not doing sales again, right? And then after a while, it was overcoming the discomfort, stepping out of the comfort zone, like trying all these new things, completely different skill set than being in a job because now you, you, you're you a business owner, you're responsible for everything, and like a whole new level of leadership, a whole new level of responsibility. Um, 
and, and that constant growth. Like to me, there's like two parts in this life that provides like the maximum growth inside ourselves is entrepreneurship and relationships. <laughs> Those are the two. It's like, you cannot not grow because otherwise it's going to fall apart. And yeah, that connection of like the inner and the outer to me was, was a very interesting uh, kind of like rabbit holes that I go after almost every yeah. day. So so true, all of those things, just the, the entrepreneurship journey and the being able to take rejection and being able to stand up and, and go perform, even though you just lost a big bit, like all of those things tie together. You know, you and I have talked about, talked about, you know, and what you do teaching adaptability and resiliency. And a lot of it is in your communication but it's also in how you respond to that and how you take that as a learning experience and move that forward and how you can frame it in a way that doesn't destroy your confidence because, because, because sometimes it, it's hard to get past those things and you're not going to win every sales conversation. Yeah. You're not, you're just not going to, but uh, you've got to keep trying. Otherwise you're not going to perfect it and perfect it for that situation. Yeah. That's the most challenging. I've heard heard of two things, and that's probably one of the most challenging is people moving into sales, and when they're become an entrepreneur of their own genius, moving into sales because you're selling you, and you're selling your genius, and you're selling your solution, and it's it's like truly stepping into what you're doing and selling what you're doing and putting a price tag on it, and that's scary for a lot of people. Yeah, and I. Certain level of uh, vulnerability to it because sure. you're selling somebody's product or you're not just like executing an operational task, you're putting yourself into the world. And the world yeah. might like might not like it. If you take it personally, it's gonna be very hard. <laughs> so <laughs> right. right. Yeah. Yeah. There's a do you do you have any methods that you teach for that? I'm gonna try to give away your give away your tricks and give away all your coaching, but what would you say is a piece of advice for someone to develop for to develop that resiliency and adaptability? Well, there's there are a couple of things. One is our internal response is up to us. So the situation can be the same and two different people will react, respond and perceive it differently. So that inner ability to change your thinking, to change your feeling, to change your response in actions that's that's the way of like personal growth, developing your leadership. If you don't like the experience and the feeling that you have in the moment, look for what was the thought right before the feeling. Because it's usually something happened. We perceived it through our filters. We made a meaning on top of it. And then we re- re- reacted to our meaning of it. So we don't really react to the situation. There's like so many layers in between. So sure. that like level of bringing kind of like a flashlight, right? Instead of just going on autopilot, like you freeze frame and he's like, Oh, okay. This happened. I thought this, then I thought this, then I thought it means this. And now I'm feeling like shit. Then the question is, okay, if that's what the story you made up and those are the emotions that are the result of it, what's another story that's more empowering that you can choose to adopt that will produce greater results and greater, you know, inner state of feeling of peace and, and, and happiness and, and more power. And that, 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 constant fine-tuning of the inner mindset feel set whatever you call it all the combination uh that's one aspect 
And then there's another aspect, which is the biological part of stress. So when something happens and it shocks us, it affects our brains and affects our hearts. Our brain go into a specific brainwave pattern. Our heart goes into incoherence. And then it starts all sorts of chemical reactions in our bodies and the hormones of stress. So the ability to self-regulate, it's another aspect. Because when we're in stress, we cannot think straight. We can't really make good decisions. Like our creativity goes out of the window. We can't collaborate because we become very self-focused. So your ability to withstand greater amount of stress source without being in a constant state of internal stress, that's something that's trainable. And that's one of the aspects that I teach people to. I'm just making an assumption here. I'm making a leap. Does that connect to your performance, your dance stuff? It does. It does. So I do this dance. Well, I've done all sorts of dancing in my life. I started with ballet when I was seven years old. Then I did ballroom when I was in high school and in college. And then I moved to United States and I switched to salsa dancing. I've done that for 10 years. And at some point in my life, I discovered this dance. It's called Kizomba. And Kizomba is a partner dance, social partner dance, similar to salsa and bachata, which are more well-known. And Kizomba is from Africa. It's from Angola. And Mm -hmm. it's this amazing, like the moment I discovered it and I truly got an experience of it. Oh, like I I stopped dancing everything else. (laughs) So for the last for the last 10 years, like if I can dance Kizomba, that's all I do. If there's no Kizomba in the area and they only got salsa, sure, fine, I'll do it. But to me, Kizomba is the dance that gets me in such high state of heart coherence, brain coherence. It slows down my brain waves that get me out of the stress response. It gets me into my heart and out of my thinking. It gets me into some dances would get me in like very deep meditative states. And, you know, I can get to that state meditating. I can get to that state dance. And like some of the dances that I had, they were just pure magic. Like two hours on the social dance floor with a complete stranger where we both at the end are saying, what was that? And, and because we just went into that flow state and the time just slowed down. And the only reason we knew it was two hours because the DJ set switched and they switch every two hours. So we knew. So that to me, they're all, they're all different ways people get to that state of flow. No, no, my, my, my dad, for example, he gets to the state of flow fishing. That's his way of rebalancing. Like every Saturday he would go fishing and it doesn't matter winter, summer, whatever. That's his way. Some people need space in nature. Some people need to play soccer. Like my brother, some people need to dance. Everybody has something that they love that gets them in that flow state. Uh, and that's, what's connected to the productivity because productivity and flow state is one of the same. One of the same. Yeah. And I just, gosh, that's so cool. And I think there's a, I think there's a performance element in there too, because you best because the perform and then you can get in that flow state and reduce your stress levels and all that. Yeah. That's, that's really cool. I think that's, yeah. I'm glad you talked about that because it was, Because that's, I think that's an important connection. I just, I just uh, ran a half marathon. Well, I mostly ran it. I kind of ran it, but um, that, that, and I didn't really necessarily enjoy it. However, I did enjoy the time that was to myself. And I had a lot of inspiration when I was in the training and it's something that I'm going to keep doing because it's something that keeps me in that zone. And I think that's important to be able to manage physically and mentally manage your stress. And yeah. 
whether it's fishing or running or dancing or, you know, reading, whatever that is, it's a way to be able to bring you to that state of where you can perform at your highest level of creativity. Yeah. And I think to me, it's part of the skill set of like inner mastery where my state does not depend on the external circumstances. Obviously they will have an impact. We're all human, but the more I train those internal skills to get myself back to balance when something happened, the faster I can snap out of it, the faster I get to the balance state. So I can do what I need to do. And there is like a lot of research has done, has been done by HeartMath Institute that has been studying the science of heart coherence and its impact on our performance and our mental state and our intuition. And what their study shows is that high uh, coherence can be trained and it can be changed as a baseline. So if people, for the people who are constantly in like chronic stress, there is a set of practices that you can do to change that on the biological level. So the part of your brain called amygdala that kind of returns you to the default familiar settings, instead of returning you to worry, it's going to return you to peace. And all of that, like, it's not a talent. It's not something we're born with. Like you can develop it very easily. It's not hard and it does not take a long time. And I imagine that working with you would make that to go a little bit faster. Well, I like things fast. That's true. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Help that process along. Yeah. Oh, that's great. Uh, Galena, I always uh, kind of finalize the interview with asking what um, what advice you would give to, we've had a lot of pieces of advice here, but uh, from you, there's so many great nuggets about the freedom and harnessing your flow and creativity. But what, if somebody is thinking about creating a business out of their internal foundational genius and they want to, they want to create a life of freedom, what would you What's the, what's the one thing that you would tell them or two things that we don't have to limit it to one. Well, number one, start with your vision, but that's, that's common. Um, really what it is for me, if I look back, what were the things that made the biggest difference? A lot of us, number one, a lot of us are freaking perfectionists. We yeah. want to get it all known and defined. And we're also control freaks. We want to know everything ahead of time. And we want to have a guarantee in life and it doesn't work in entrepreneurial journey. So the faster you can let go of being a perfectionist and know everything ahead of time, and you can just go and do it. Uh, usually sometimes when I sit with that part of myself that say, no, one more tweak to that video before I post it, uh, I remind myself better done than perfect. Just better done than perfect. You want to get my first coaching plan? Just go get it. You want to get a first speech? Just go and get it. Figure it out. Like do it once. Get one customer, get one client get yourself in front of people so that you can start getting the feedback loop because we never know what our business is going to be about until we start interacting with people. That was one of my biggest thing. I would go and I would like kind of like be in my own little world, creating something awesome. And then I'm going to go to the world saying, Hey, look, and the world is like, yeah, we don't care. And it's like, back to the drawing board. But if I would just like put something version one out there and say, okay, how does that land? And people's like, nah, I don't like this part, but this one looks really good. And then the universe, the flow, the feedback from your customers, they will direct you towards what's your genius. And you'll refine that genius in the process. You'll never know it ahead of time. So my two pieces of advice is let go of your perfectionist, better done than perfect. And second, understand that clarity and progress, it's iterative. Like, like now in, in project management, they call it agile project management for the spaces that have a lot of unknowns. 
it's the same for entrepreneurship. You cannot do waterfall business model for entrepreneurship. It does not work. And so just like do it imperfectly, go, make mistakes, learn from the mistakes, go do it again, do it again, do it again. And then you'll discover what it is really for you. And even for me, it's still an iteration. I'm not done. I probably will never be done, but it's a journey. Yeah. You're a creator. You're an architect. You'll keep going. So no matter what. See, at least I get that feel. Yeah, gosh, I think that's such a great piece of advice. Better done than perfect. And I have been trapped there too. I think many entrepreneurs are trapped there that you want to launch the very perfect thing. But the most important thing is getting it in the marketplace and having yes. that feedback loop. Uh, that I think that is that is absolutely critical because, you know, millionaires are not made overnight. It takes a lot of planning and a lot of feedback to be able to create that stream. So that's a, I think those so many nuggets of wisdom in this uh, podcast, but I think that is, that is a key. Pick a launch date and just do it. So, because yep. then you need that. And let go of the attachment to the outcome because it will never turn out how you plan. <laughs> Sometimes it turns out better. <laughs> yeah. We, yeah, that's, uh, <laughs> that's also, that's probably as important as just do it. So yeah. yeah, yeah. Good piece of advice. Well, Galena, where can our audience find you? I'll include your website and your LinkedIn in the um, show notes. So they have an, a connection to that. Beautiful. Yeah. My website is turningpoint.pro. My LinkedIn is Galena Lipina, but now you can find me pretty much almost everywhere. I have Instagram. I have Telegram. I have YouTube. So you can just search for Galina Lipina and you'll probably see two of me, one in Russian, one in English. So pick your language and you can subscribe to me there. That's awesome. Well, Galina, thank you for coming to the interview today. There's uh, do you have anything new and exciting coming up for you that launch coming up that you want to talk about or what's the next thing that we should be looking for before we sign off? Yeah, I've started producing way more content for LinkedIn. So I have spent the last three months really putting my attention on Instagram and YouTube and my Telegram channel. And I'm now kind of like getting some of my attention on to LinkedIn. So for the videos, as it relates to business teams, leadership, please go to LinkedIn for all the personal stuff, please go to the other channels. And yeah, I will just be creating more content, doing more webinars on this topic. So watch out for that. And yeah, I'm excited to interact with those of you that will cross paths with. That's great. Well, we will be on the lookout for it and I'll make sure all those links are posted and we'll, we'll get people, get people. The awareness is key. So I thank you again, Galena, for coming to the interview today, sharing your wisdom. I love all the intersections with what we do and in our businesses. I know that there's future relationship there between our businesses because uh, we just, so much synergy already. So I'm, I appreciate that. And I'm excited to see what's next for you and your business. Thank you. Thank you, Shelby, for having me. It's been a pleasure. Of course. And to all you listeners out there, thank you for listening to another story about someone who has created a business out of their genius. Hopefully you were inspired to think about your genius in a different way. Remember to subscribe and to tune into the Genius Entrepreneur Podcast when you have a chance. And we'll see you next time. 
Thanks for listening to Culture, Communication, and Brand Moments with your host, Shelby Jill Long. Please leave your feedback and visit strategicadvisorboard.com to get the latest and greatest business advisement on the planet. Follow us on social media for updates, and we will see you on the next episode. Oh, 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 oh